Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete, two-year starter, consummate glue guy, and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Service from the heart to become your Realtors for Real Life is Team Anders Realtors' mission. Team Anders helps its clients find the home that best fits their needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. Team Anders will be in close communication with you personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. They have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. People, we are T minus 18 days from week zero in the official start to the college football season. NFL preseason started last week, and even if it was boring AF, it whetted the appetite anyway. Congrats to the U.S. for winning the overall and gold medal count during the summer games in Tokyo. Shout out to Draymond for another gold medal as well. And yeah, Dame, it is easier to score in the NBA because your, air quotes, rules are a joke. Baseball races are heating up, NIL is getting juicier by the moment, conferences are having secret but not secret meetings. A lot is going on, and that is good for the podcast biz. With that, let's get right to it and go to the podium. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Uh, Yep, this week we talk about the Colts um, and their scenario here with Carson Wentz. If you hadn't heard, uh, Carson Wentz, who just signed with uh, Indianapolis, he was under Frank Reich, who's the head coach of Indianapolis when he was in Philly, had a really good season, got hurt, and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Well, Wentz is hurt again. Um, out six to twelve weeks at least with a foot injury and surgery on it uh, late last week. Uh, not good for the Colts as they felt this was probably a really good chance for them to make a deep run. They got a good defense, got some nice um, position players on offense and receiver and running back, and a pretty good old line. And they thought once was the guy to do so under Reich's offense. And um, yeah, here they are again, and he's hurt. Um, they have Jacob Eason from. Georgia, then later Washington, then Sam Ellinger from Texas, um, duking it out, I guess, for the that starting job. Apparently, Ellinger's been getting more reps, um, according to social oh, media. Brian Hoyer. Yeah, seriously, they need a they need, do need Brian Hoyer, but it's probably not what you want. Two guys that have literally no experience in the NFL um, in a tough division um, playing, and with a team that's full of really good players um, looking to get a division title and make a playoff run. Um, if I'm the Colts here, I I do what what happened uh, with the Eagles a few years ago. You call up Nick Foles and you get a trade with with the with the Bears and you bring them over because the Bears already have three quarterbacks. They can get rid of Foles and Foles will take over for Wentz and maybe they'll win another super win a Super Bowl because um, Reich's done it before and it worked just a little bit. Uh, so if I'm the Colts, I'd trade for Foles, maybe even go after Phillip Rivers, who said he's trying to stay ready just in case of an injury or something 
that happens to a, a contender or something. And this is a contender. Maybe he'll come back and play half the season. Who knows? Uh, but interesting stuff going on in Indy. Uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, full. I've seen this on ESPN, the Foles trade stuff. So maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. If they don't, I think it'll be rough. If they do, maybe it could be rough, but it could be better. So we'll see uh, what happens. With these smaller rosters, injuries befell NFL teams faster than they do in college. That is 100% for sure. All right, my take, probably not a real shocker here, that I'm going to take issue with something for my podium. First, though, a kudos to my boy Kirk Cousins for standing his ground in the face of the NFL threat to make the vaccine a mandate. But with that comes my WTF moment of the week. How is it that he's getting incessantly blasted by the talking heads on the shows, on social media, for his stance? And yet Lamar Jackson, who is also very open about not getting the vaccine, has actually tested positive twice for COVID recently, and he's skating by with no heat. Such a double standard. You can be as mad as you want for how much Cousins makes and the contract he signed with the Vikings. Go ahead, don't like him. We'll take him for the Lions. You can have Goff. But to rip him and not rip Jackson for the same thing, when Jackson's even actually had COVID and Cousins hasn't, at least not recently, is a joke. Now, of course, I applaud them both for not being bullied to go against their will. But stop with the bus running over and backing over and running over and backing over my boy Kirk. If a sponsor like Holland Hospital here in West Michigan wants to part ways due to a lack of alignment, fine. That's your choice. But for the media to rip anyone for their free choice is total bullshit. It's tired. Get over yourselves. All right, just as we made the move to four downs recently, good call by Ryan here. For football season, our tee-up of the week is now our personal foul of the week. Ryan, again this week, will tell you who or what, and I'll give you the why. Yep, this week's personal foul uh, will be against any sports league or conference getting into the medical field with all their different mandates that are coming out here. And I'll add, or using bullying to basically create a mandate, one of those Oh, you don't have to be there for the, um, you know, the workout that we're having tomorrow, but that's not mandatory, but you really need to be. That's exactly what's going on with this. So this is what I say to that. I say stay the you-know-what out of this. You are not doctors, and half of what we hear and are told isn't even science-based. Do us all a favor and focus on your sport, your league, etc. Don't worry. You'll get your money. Just stop with this nonsense and flexing about a vaccine we're not even sure works like they say it does. We should be having this conversation with our doctors, not talking heads in sports leagues. And I hope to God this is the last time we have to talk about this, but it probably won't be because the stupidity keeps going. As my good friend Forrest Gump likes to say, that's all I have to say about that. All right, that all out of the way, let's go four downs. First down. Today's first down is a little bit more of a setup than a conversation piece. Let's call it a a good runoff left tackle to set us up for play action later. Well, also partly because I jacked up my back last week, so we don't have our usual golf course review in the fourth down spot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back to that this week and feeling better. 
So for the next three weeks, we're going to do deep dives in the Big Ten, team by team. We've got it down to game by game. Ryan and I will split the reviews. Each of us will do seven teams, but we have collaborated on this. Break it all down, etc. We also want to hear from you. So join this conversation on our Twitter or Ryan's Facebook. I believe he posts the podcast there or on Send either of our text. Instagrams. Yeah. Send us a text, whatever. We'll post our predictions each week. And then when the season gets here, look for a pick'em contest. So whatever we put out there today, Ryan will tweet it out tonight. So you've got it down lock, stock, and barrel what we're going to do. As far as the pick'em contest, winner gets to jump on and pick the next week's games via the pod. So you get to be a live guest with us. Total season winner will win a TBD prize from a TBD sponsor that Ryan is now tasked with finding. For those who might have been around back in the days that I did the final score dot net blog or website this is exactly what we did there we played for a prize we picked the big 10 games we did predictions every week Um, it was on a message board then it was you know you got to pick on the site this time you get a chance to hear your voice uh, on the podcast with us so please join us on twitter and follow us Uh, back to the previews we're going to be taking two downs a week for the next three weeks to cover the 14 teams We've already mapped out the entire schedule. We've picked every single win, loss, and have it down to the bowl trips. Speaking of bowls, just for our Big Ten fans out there, because they do change year to year, and last year was so messed up we probably forget, this year they are in pecking order. Of course, you have CFP, but that to the side. Rose, Citrus, Outback, Las Vegas, that'd be a good one to go to, Music City, and I think that one might swap with the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Ryan? Yes. This year, it's mm-hmm. the Music City. Pinstripe, Guaranteed Rate, which used to be a lot of different things, but it's played in um, Sun Devil Stadium, so if you remember whatever the bowl, that bowl game's been called over the years. Red Box, Michigan State fans remember that snoozer against Oregon a few years ago. And, of course, everybody's favorite bowl to not have to go to, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. No offense, Quick Lane Bowl. Nobody wants to go to the ninth place bowl in the Big Ten. All right, now... Let's get this drive going. So, moving to second down. With that, let's start talking and taking apart the Big Ten. We'll start with two teams from the East. Ryan's going to start us off with Indiana, and I'm going to preview Rutgers. Ryan, go for it. Ladies and gentlemen, your Indiana Hoosiers, a team uh, that has probably the most hype uh, that they have ever had, um, or at least in my lifetime for sure, um, and for probably the last, next, for the last 30 years, um, most hype they have going into a season, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, they had a really good year last year. Were very competitive um, with Ohio State. Uh, beat Penn State on that last second play, or on the, on the two point conversion where he, the ball literally nicked the pylon, um, and beat Michigan for the first time in 34 years, 35 years, or whatever it was. I mean, and they're going the right direction. Um, we're going to use FanDuel as our over/under for wins uh, metric base here. Uh, they have a, uh, minus seven and a half win, or at seven and a half wins, take the over, take the under. We'll discuss that here in a minute. Um, but they're seventeenth in the coaches poll to start. Uh, just came out today. Uh, Tom Allen's in year five with IU. Uh, I think this guy's a really good coach, motivator. Players love playing for him. He like headbutts his players and stuff. Uh, yeah, this dude's crazy, but he's really good, and he um, he's recruiting well, doing really well. Um, 
especially for Indiana, who's not a traditional powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, lost a few good good coordinators, but filled them in nicely. Um, and I'll start with them offensively, just give a little preview with some guys, and then do the same with defense. Um, I think they have the best quarterback in the Big Ten, to be honest with you, Michael Penix Jr. Um, he's been dinged up a little bit the last couple of years. Lefty, really strong, really, really good arm. He, he completed like 20 passes in a row against Michigan State a couple of years ago. Um, 14 touchdowns, four picks last year in six games. Um, he's He could be a dark horse Heisman guy if he stays healthy and Indiana is uh, healthy all the way around, to be honest with you. But um, I think this is a guy that could kind of sneak up draft boards a little bit. Um, I don't I haven't even seen him in the first three rounds of any mock drafts, but I think he could be um, with his size and his ability throwing the football, and he has mobility to him as well. Uh, so watch out for him. I th- I truly think he'll probably be an all-league player for the Hoosiers um, and keep them in a lot of football games. Uh, they got a new running back, Samson James. He had 104 yards last year. Uh, Stevie Scott's gone. He, if you remember him, the last few years he'd been really good. They also got a transfer from USC, Stephen Carr. He's a good receiving back, so those two can kind of help fill that void. They bring back a guy that's six foot five. He had two straight 200-plus yard games uh, last year. Bolitnikoff Watson's Ty Freifogel, 6'5", like I said. Big, talented, great hands, and he's pretty fast, actually, for his size. Uh, he's going to be a problem in the Big Ten. Probably one of the best receivers uh, out there that doesn't play for Ohio State. Um, and they also brought in a, a grad transfer from FSU, DJ Matthews, who's a former five-star. Uh, will be fun to watch. Uh, Filling for Watt Fillier, who was also really good for the Hoosiers for a few years. Miles Marshall, also a guy... Uh, who's been good for the Hoosiers the last couple of years. Um, then Peyton Hendershot, who I think has been there since like 2004. Uh, I remember, I thought I saw him play against Michigan State in 2015, but I don't know, he's a solid tight end. Um, filled the void uh, for missing Watt Fillier and Stevie Scott, maybe with the pass game a little bit there. But um, their offensive line struggled in the last couple of years. Uh, they need to be consistent and get over the hump. They got a Michigan transfer, Zach Carpenter, who, Carpenter, who will help. Uh, interior guy, so maybe they'll be better. Um, they they bring back a lot of guys, so could be interesting. They lost their um, defensive coordinator, actually took the job at South Alabama, I believe. They bring in Charlton Warren from Georgia as the new D.C. Um, could be interesting, bring some pedigree uh, from down south in the SEC. Um, they have Ole Miss transfer Ryder Anderson, who was a pretty good player for them um, last year. Uh, at, down at Ole Miss, uh, he's definitely going to help on defense. They led the Big Ten with 25 sacks last year due to a strong interior that they return. Um, so maybe could repeat that, maybe not that. I mean, maybe more probably because that was only in, what, seven or eight games. But um, they've got really good linebackers. Cam Jones is back, uh, fast and physical linebacker, as is Michael McFadden. Uh, probably one of the best linebacking duos in the Big Ten uh, in terms of just tackles and experience. Um, and just knowing the Big Ten landscape. Marcelino Ball, a guy who's been there for a while, uh, missed all last year as a corner. He had torn ACL. He's a key guy you can just plug in there and play. He's He's been solid for them. Um, he'll be he'll be good as well. As well as Taiwan Mullen uh, started last year at corner. He's back. And then Devin Matthews, another guy who who's back. They were like, I think they, were, they had the most interceptions I, on some podcasts I was listening to earlier they said they had the most interceptions in the FBS last year averaging 2.1 per game I mean some of that's luck but man that's some ball hawking DBs um, 
but the, and and just totally they had the most takeaways in the conference last year. So if they can keep that up, um, they could have a really solid year. Their schedule is not easy by any stretch of the imagination, which we'll go over here in a second. But I'm pulling for these guys. Um, I like Indiana. I like their I like their coach. I like their mentality. Penix, I'm a big fan of him. I mean, Freifogel. So as long as they're not playing Michigan State, I'll root for the Hoosiers. Um, but, yeah, looking at their schedule here in front of me, I mean, they start off with a with an absolute doozy. Uh, they go on the road uh, to play the Hawkeyes, uh, which is never an easy task, and especially right away um, with a Kirk Ferentz ball club that you know what you're going to get out of them every time, but still they, they never cease uh, to amaze, but also just – they're, they're good. They're always good. They're never. They're always six and six to nine and three. And uh, I, my Andy and I here, uh, we, we combine the schedule, or combine the, our our minds to make a master Big Ten schedule. How we think these teams are going to do, and we think Iowa will beat Indiana week one. Start off zero and one. Um, move on to their second game. They're playing home against Idaho. The Vandals, uh, John L. Smith's former team uh, from a long time ago, but. That's a definite win um, at home there. So they're one and one going to week three against the Cincinnati Bearcats, best group of five team bar none coming to this year. Preseason top ten coaches poll return almost everybody except for the defensive coordinator who's now at Notre Dame uh, and, and Marcus Freeman. But we think that's going to be a loss. That's a tough game. Those at home. Then they go to Western Kentucky, a team that's been tricky uh, to play against here for the last ten years. Jeff Brown made them good, and then they've been consistent since. Uh, but we think they're going to win that one. Um, then they go to week five, go to Happy Valley, play Penn State. That's never a great place to play and not easy to win. And we think they're going to take the L there. Uh, then they go to bye week six, move to week seven. Uh, they're playing the Spartans uh, at home. And sadly for our Spartans, I think Indiana is definitely better than us, and they'll win that game. Um, next, the next week they're playing Ohio State, uh, who later we'll talk about. But yeah, they're not going to beat Ohio State. That's a loss. Um, then they play Maryland. That's a definite win, uh, even though it's on the road. Then they play Michigan. Ho- hopefully they'll get them two years in a row, but not thinking so on the road at the big house where they haven't won in forever. Um, Long time. Loss there. Uh, then they play Rutgers week 11. Uh, count that as a win. Then... They've got the Golden Gophers. We'll count that as a win. Another team that could be tough. We'll talk about later. Um, but that's another home game. Then finished the season as they always do, playing the Boilermakers for the Old Oaken Bucket. Uh, I think that'll be a dub. Uh, they're better than Purdue. So that uh, gets us to a record of seven and five overall. That's two and one out of conference, five and four in the conference, which is good for tied for third uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, to have them go to the Music City Bowl. So uh, bowl games aren't bad for a team like Indiana that uh, hasn't been a powerhouse by any stretch of the imagination. So if they can keep building up to bowl games um, and doing that, they can build a program. But they could be good. I think I think their floor is about 6-6. Six and six. Their ceiling is probably about 9-3. and three. Um, I think they'll be good. They'll be competitive, but I don't think they're going to be challenging to Ohio State. I think Ohio State's in their own... Yeah. Stratosphere. If, if Indiana played in the West, they could, probably they might challenge. But that's pretty much every team in the East. If except for probably Maryland, if any team insert name played from in the West instead of the East, um, they would contend. I think. But 
All right, so you'll kind of figure out as we're going here, we're kind of working our way outside, front end, back end, alphabetically into the middle. So we'll probably go um, 232 or 223, yet to be determined. But um, second week, this team in the East, I drew, and again, Ryan and I did collaborate on the schedule, so we have agreement on that. Um, I've got Rutgers. Little overview, you know, Rutgers got our attention last year when they took an albeit underwhelming Michigan State team to the woodshed in an empty Spartan Stadium. No question, Greg Schiano can coach. You have to wonder what he would have done at Tennessee, but the crazy ass Vols yeah. fans will never know, right, will they? He's making recruiting inroads and quickly has the Scarlet Knights as a team to pay attention to. Will they be next level good? No, not this year, but I think they could get there. Um, they should be, however, and we'll see it in a couple minutes, bowl good. All right. In three of the previous four years, Rutgers finished last in the Big Ten in scoring. But last year, kind of a crazy season still, the Scarlet Knights ranked eighth in the 14-team league. Not bad. Rutgers scored at least 20 points in eight games after reaching the mark just 12 times in its first 52 games in the Big Ten. That's a pretty good turnaround. Scarlet Knights were the fourth most improved team in the nation offensively, averaging 13.4 more points per game than 2019. Moving on to key players. The two deep in Rutgers season finale returns virtually intact, including quarterback Noah Vedral. There are plenty of playmakers for him to get the ball to um, in the fast-paced spread offense that Rutgers runs, including running back, and they got all guys with crazy names, so if I butcher your name and you're listening, apologies, running back Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, yeah. He's and great. wide receiver Bo Melton, a couple of great playmakers there. Uh, Scarlet Knights disguise, disguised their defensive issues last season by turning teams over at an exceptionally high rate. They were 18th nationally in that. Well, I got them all in yeah, and yeah, and by wreaking havoc behind the line of scrimmage, they had 7.9 tackles for loss per game, which was 11th nationally. So for a supposed bad defense, that's pretty damn good. They've got one of the Big Ten's best linebackers. Again, another name I might blow, Alunkule Fatukasi, the conference's that. leading tackler last year with 101 tackles. The Knights are also deep in the secondary and had two transfers. Patrice Rene, sounds like a girl's name, and Christian Braswell joining three others who return. And together, between the five of them, they combine for 69 starts, so plenty of back-end experience. On special teams, say no more than Aaron Cruikshank, who returned two kickoffs for touchdowns en route to earning the Big Ten Specialist of the Year honor last year. Key games, like we talked about, the Big East is loaded. Big Ten East, not Big East. The Big Ten East is loaded this year. Rutgers goes to Michigan, Indiana, and Penn State. They do get Ohio State, Michigan State, and then their crossover, Wisconsin, at home. Talk about a murderer's row. That's a lot of tough games. So, record-wise, let's go game by game. <coughs> We've got them down, excuse me, for starting the season 3-0. They got Temple at Syracuse and Delaware to start. That's Three pretty decent layups, maybe pun intended, with Syracuse and Temple in there. I think they get off to a great start. Then they got to go on the road to Michigan. They've battled Michigan for until until Rutgers beat Michigan State last year. I think that was the last win that Rutgers had against a Big Ten team. I don't think Michigan's going to be particularly good, but I do think that Rutgers takes the L there while riding high. We also think then the next week, so this is their three-game gamut, 
that they have to run after those three kind of breezy non-conference games. They go Michigan away, Ohio State, Michigan State. I think they come away with one win there um, against Michigan State. So they lose to Michigan, lose to Ohio State, beat Michigan State. Then they lose to Northwestern, get a week off, beat Illinois, who won't. Lose to Wisconsin at home, take the L at Indiana, take the L at Penn State, but close the season with a very critical win against Maryland at home. Puts them at 3-0 and non-conference, 3-6, and good for sixth place in the Big Ten East, 6-6, six and six, and a trip not too far away to the Pinstripe Bowl, which Michigan State fans can attest. So not, not, not all that bad. Not, not a bad, bad bowl game. Kind of a warmer, or I mean a colder weather location, but kind of a historic place to play. So there you go, Rutgers. Um, I think you're turning the corner. You're not going to be quite to the where you were in the Big East days with Shiano when he took you to BCS games, but um, you know, you're creeping in the right direction. You just unfortunately happen to play in an unbalanced league that is just not going to let you get your head too far above water. All right, so we got our Big Ten East predictions out of the way for today. We're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to go to third down, and we're going to finish out our position previews for Michigan State. As he has for the past month, Ryan has MSU football researched and nailed down, lock, stock, and barrel. Today we finish the in-depth breakdown with a look at Michigan State's special teams for this season. Ryan, take it away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so last last position group here. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Um, this one was going to be short because we don't have many specialists. Um, there's not that many people uh, doing special teams for Michigan State. Very thin. We'll start with kicker Matt Coglin uh, back for year six. Um, super senior. Yeah, super super senior. Um, he was really consistent last year. Had a really good year. Um, he's shown that he can do it. Um, I think. Coming back, I think that he has something to prove, maybe trying to get in the NFL. Um, so counting him to be good, I have no idea if he's going to be the kickoff guy too. I don't even – we have like two walk-ons from – a guy from Holton, a guy from Clarkston. Well, our, two of our last kicking specialists are yeah, now, tight, now ends. tight ends. So who the, oh. who the heck knows what's going to happen with that. But uh, Matt Coglin, McLovin, McMuffin, whatever you want to call him, he's uh, – got a mullet. He's going to be solid. Uh, punter's an area of concern for Michigan State, and I've thought about this for a long time. How do you not have a punter when you're a high-level Division One team? Especially one with Michigan State's history. We've had really good punters. Brandon Fields, Mike Sadler, Greg Eric Bates. Montgomery. Eric, I mean, Jake Hartbarger was a really good punter. I mean, we yeah. we don't have anything. Uh, we have Bryce Beringer, who walked on like two weeks into his freshman year and like his longest punt's like 10 yards. He wears number ninety nine and he has goggles. He's terrible. I mean, any kicker who wears anything above the number except nineteen, for, except for Rodrigo Blankenship from uh, Georgia. Now, any kicker now, who wears now, above the number nineteen is an idiot and shouldn't be kicking anywhere. They should go back to soccer. Yeah. So don't but, don't know what he's going to do. Um, I tell he, you, field position is huge too, and Michigan State's better teams have had good punters. So. Did they even bring in a scholarship guy nope. this year? That's we had a transfer from Texas Tech that was a backup there. Oh, and they had the Australian guy that didn't show up. We had an Australian guy that didn't show up. And then we had a guy committed that would, would kick. You should like, go. you got a year of eligibility yeah, left. You used kick. to kick for the little giants here in Rockford. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. But Cody Waddell's his name, transferred from Texas Tech. He has no experience, so that's great. Um, 
We do have a new long snapper, Hank Pepper. I got it. We'll just go for it. Yeah, exactly. Like the one coach down in Louisiana that plays the probabilities and goes for every fourth down no matter where he is in the field. Yeah, well, that'd, that'd probably work out well Let's for do it. us. Hank Pepper, true freshman long snapper. He's from Arizona. Is he related to Tabor? Uh, no, he's not, but uh, he's on scholarship, so he's pretty good. I uh, played linebacker in high school. He's a hard hitter. He's fast. I uh, heard rave reviews about him. Um, on social media. so Kids who play football got this advice from a former NFL guy, Jared Valdir, mammoth mountain of a dude at 6'8", like 3-something, all muscle. Become a long snapper. It's a specialty you can get, as we hear here, a scholarship in college. And if you can get in the NFL, you can have a 15-year career where your Worst injury is probably going to be a hangnail, and you can make all right, probably NFL minimum. But what is that these days? Like two fifty, three hundred thousand to lot. snap a football. You hang out with the weirdo kickers. Nobody can touch you because of the rules and safety and whatever. You can run down and you can knock some blocks off. Do it. I challenge yeah. anybody that listens that's young or has kids that are getting in football, turn them into a long snapper. Yeah, definitely. That's a that is great advice. <laughs> Captain agrees. Uh, kick returner. Uh, don't know what we're going to do there. Connor Hayward's done in the past. So hopefully lost weight if he's going to do it and gain more speed because last year he was a big boy. Shifty, but yeah, not uh, Maybe Jordan Simmons back there. Uh, Jalen Naylor would not want him back there, but he's fast, uh, as well as Jaden Reed. Maybe Montori Foster, uh, sophomore receiver. He's got speed. And then a punt returner, I, I don't know what we're going to do here. Probably Jalen Naylor or Reed. Um, I, this, I just don't get how teams don't just – take a guy that's lower on the depth chart that speed and teach him just to be a returner on his own and then just make bank like he can just make they change games like that. the Kirkshank for Rutgers I mean Michigan State we were talking the other day Ryan what I mean I think probably R.J. Shelton is R.J. Shelton had the last kick return for touchdown in 2014 then Keyshawn the last punt was return really was good. Keyshawn against Wisconsin I think yeah it's been a long in a game where D'Antonio wasn't there after having his little heart attack after Little Giants I mean yeah, I agree. There's so much depth at wide receiver take or in running back. Take a fast guy with good hands and make him the guy because it, you need the field position changers and you need it at both ends. Michigan State has been had to have been. I don't have it in front of me, but towards the bottom of the pack in the Big oh, Ten, has to be. year over year for a long time. And if you're not going to have the kickers minus McMuffin that can get it done, you damn well better have guys that can change the field position on the other end, and that's. That's the one area that scares me the most. Maybe we'll be the most surprised by it, but I, Michigan State is going to lose a game because of special teams. Not probably from place kicking, but from, and probably not necessarily kickoffs because actually McMuffin was pretty good on kickoffs last year, but they will lose a game because of punting field position and or lack of a return game. Mark my words. Yeah, so that should be interesting. Uh, that's all I got for that one. All right, moving to fourth down. Keeping with the football theme, of course, and giving ourselves plenty of time. We're motoring around pretty good here. We're going to continue breaking down the Big Ten. We're going to flip it over and take a look now at two teams from the West. I'm going to take Illinois, and Ryan will get Wisconsin. And as you can see, the theme for today is that I get the at least historically crappy teams in the Big Ten, and he gets the good ones, so we'll change, change that up next week. Although sometimes the bad teams are really easier to do homework for. All right, so... Overview on Illinois. It feels like Illinois changes coaches every year, doesn't it? Out is Lovey Smith, 
whose success with the Bears did not translate in any way, shape, or form except in the amazing 2019 comeback win at (laughs) Michigan State. In is Brett Bielema, who is no stranger to the Big Ten, as an Iowa guy, played there, and who had a lot of good success at Wisconsin before more or less running himself out the door for a dog meat SEC program in Arkansas. He may be what the doctor ordered, however, because he knows what it takes to have success in the league, and, hey, he drew the crap division of the two, at least for now. Illinois has to hope Bielema can mend the broken or non-existent relationships with Illinois high school football coaches because the Illini have a pretty bare cupboard and have been very weak in the recruiting uh, game for quite a while. It will take them some time, but don't be shocked to see Chief Illini Weck and the boys pull off something improbable at some point this year. Not that we've predicted it, but I'm telling you, it's probably going to happen. As for key players... I, without actually starting to do my research, I really couldn't name one without looking at some depth charts. But Brandon Peters is back at quarterback, and I guess we should know him as another one of Jim Harbaugh's failures. Mm-hmm. Now, that isn't a slam on Peters, who was highly rated coming out of high school, but what quarterback that's going to Michigan isn't highly rated. That's on Jimmy for not seeing another supposed stud recruit have success in the maize and blue, but I digress. This is about Illinois. The O-line is solid, but the rest is a bunch of question marks. Look out for former quarterback Isaiah Williams, who made the move to wide receiver after playing someone Peters got hurt last year at quarterback and is pretty electric. I think he could be a game-breaker and the type of guy that Illinois is going to need. The Illini defense will rely on the basic confuse and harass the quarterback method to try and find a way on that side of the ball. Linebacker Jake Hansen was second-team All-Big Ten last year and is by far the best in orange and blue. The D-line will also be pretty tough, but as I said, this is a rebuild, and it will take some time. So Illinois fans, give Bielema time, and thank you for taking him and not us taking him a couple years ago. That side note aside. Key games. A week zero game, so one of the first games on the schedule that was supposed to happen in Dublin, which would have been pretty sweet, I think is now in Champaign. Um, there are a couple of easier out-of-conference games and a not too and uh, a not too wretched conference slate, I would say. We'll get to that in a minute. Northwestern is always a big one. It's a rival, as much of a rivalry as you could probably get, and then Purdue probably a second rival for Illinois. Um, that's a way, and then they've got home versus Maryland. So they've got you know a few games that you would say on paper uh, look winnable. So record-wise, let's go game by game on this one, like we have with the other teams. Um, got them starting off with a loss against Nebraska. Um, Ryan and I kind of disagreed on that, and I twisted his arm to get me to agree he's not sold on Nebraska at all. We'll get to them in a couple weeks or next week. UTSA is next. I believe that'll be a win. Tough road game at UVA. Um, UVA rose up a little bit last year. I think it was. They've been getting a little bit better and better. Um, battle of the orange and blue and the orange and blue. But the Cavaliers get Illinois in week two. Week three, it's Maryland at home. I think that is a Big Ten win for sure. Likely the only one for Illinois. Then it's at Purdue. That'll be an L. Char- well, we don't know what this one is. Is it the Charlotte 49ers? Is it Charleston? Is it? I don't think it's College of Charleston. Not really sure. It just says Char on week five on the Big Ten master schedule. But anyway, we, Charlotte. we gave them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, so it's the 49ers. We'll give them a W there. Um, a loss at home against Wisconsin. That's a game. I think they got Wisconsin last year, didn't they? 
Yeah, I, I think they did. At, I think at Illinois. So it's going to be a game like that that it wouldn't surprise me to have them just pull off one of those what the just happened moments. Then they get week seven, October 16th week, uh, off for a bye. Then it's on the road to Penn State, loss. Then it's home against Rutgers, loss. Then it's on the road at Minnesota, loss. Then another bye since they have a week of zero game. Then it's on the road at Iowa, big loss. And then to close the season... Got a chance. Ryan talked me into this. I personally, in my own personal picks, had him winning this game against Northwestern at home. Um, Ryan overruled me since I said that they would lose or beat, lose to Nebraska. Um, so with that, Illinois goes a nice little 2-1 and one out of conference, but 1-8 and eight for a dead last finish in the very bad West for 3-9 and nine overall. Um, don't let the record fool you. I do think that there will be some strides made by Belam. I think you'll start to see some things. Obviously, new guys come in every year in college football. That's what's great that we don't expect. Um, I think they'll start to establish themselves. I think they're probably a few years out, probably three, maybe. Maybe they get lucky next year, but probably three years out before they can contend for a bowl game. Again, they have the benefit of being in the Big Ten West, which is pretty dog meat compared to the East. Um, but yeah, that's where we've got Illinois for this year. And again, we will post these, um, not the game by games, but we'll post records and all that kind of stuff in our place predictions on our Twitter. So you can hold us accountable at the end. So Ryan, I'm going to give it to you to give us a look at Wisconsin. Yeah. The Badgers. Um, yeah, I think this is aside from Ohio State has been the most consistent program in the big 10, um, since probably 20. I mean, as long as I've been alive, I guess 2000. Um, lots of Rose Bowl appearances, Big Ten title appearances, won the Big Ten, never been to the playoff, but they've been up there contending. Um, FanDuel's got them at 9.5 over under for wins. Um, we'll get to that later. But I, I, they have a tough schedule, um, but they're a senior heavy and junior heavy ball club. Uh, so that that's going to help. That's going to pay off. Guys that have been there before. Um, guys that know the Wisconsin way, and that's a, I think it's a good way. Um, Paul Christ has done a great job at Wisconsin. I mean, he's been so consistent. Uh, it looks like Mr. Potato Head, I think. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, or a cheese curd. Yeah, he's something, I don't know. But he's good. He's a really good coach. And they've got Jim Leonard as their D.C. He's been there for a while. Uh, Packers tried to get him, but didn't want to leave. So he's, he's back for Wisconsin, played for Wisconsin, I believe, uh, back in the probably 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But, yeah, um, Graham Mertz is back as their quarterback. Uh, Jack Cohn actually left to go to Notre Dame, and that's who they play in, in uh, week three, I believe, uh, which we'll get to later. But uh, he's back. Could be a breakthrough type guy, I think. He had a really good start to the to his freshman year, then gets COVID, out for a while, comes back. And he was average at best. He was about, I think, he threw six touchdowns and six picks in like four games or something, five games. So he was he was okay, but not great. Um, but he's got a lot of really good targets. Danny Davis, who's been there for a while, Chamir DK, Kendrick Pryor, all guys you probably heard um, once or twice um, watching Big Ten on Saturdays. Solid players, burners, um, classic possession receivers for Wisconsin, as well as like I said, fast. Uh, they got Jake Ferguson, Mackie Watchless guy, stud tight end, Barry Alvarez's grandson actually. Um, yeah, he, he, he could have gone pro, but he's coming back because he wants to win a championship, and I don't blame him for that, and he's, he's going to be good. Um, Wisconsin's always got good tight ends, too, I feel like. They're like Iowa and Ohio. I mean, all these teams have good, good tight ends. 
really. But offensive line's always been a position where they are just so solid, and it's, it's going to be the same this year. Veteran-laden group, guys that have been there before, these big, big uh, corn-fed Midwest boys um, that just know how to get it done. They've got some five stars in there as well, which is that's interesting. They usually probably get three stars, so they're getting five-star talents in there as well now. So look out. I would not want to get blocked by those guys. Uh, their defense last year was the best total defense in the Big Ten as well as pretty high up there in the in the nation, uh, led by Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel, uh, linebackers like Indiana. I mean, these guys make uh, one of the best linebacking cores in the Big Ten, if not the country. Uh, guys that have been there, uh, veterans. Uh, we got some other solid players there on defense in the secondary. They're always solid defensively um, in the trenches. Uh, Got some, got some guys that are unproven, but um, have a chance to be really good. Um, like always, I mean, Wisconsin's always a consistent program. Turn out NFL talent, talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, so we'll see uh, how they progress. And like I said, their schedule is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, start off week one, uh, home against the Nittany Lions. That's a that's interesting one. That, I'm excited to watch that game. That's, I think it's the big noon game on Fox. Um, at, at Wisconsin, Camp Randall's going to be jumping. Um, we think Wisconsin's going to get the dub there. Um, probably be a close one, but Wisconsin starts off 1-0, and then they play the Eastern Michigan Eagles, a team that's been decent um, the past few years. Chris Creighton got them on the up and up. Uh, but some Big Ten wins. Yeah, they, they, they have. And Illinois, I think. Yeah, but it's not going to happen this to this team. Uh, Wisconsin's too good. Uh, it's a dub for Wisconsin. Then they got an early season bye, week three. Um, earliest bye in the Big Ten, aside from Nebraska, who's off week one. But they obviously play week zero, so um, interesting. Then they go, they're supposed to be, uh, last year they're supposed to play Notre Dame at Lambeau. This year they're playing at Soldier. Um, and we believe that Notre Dame's going give them, to give them the L here. Notre Dame's a really solid team. Uh, a lot of experience back, even though they lose Ian Book um, at quarterback, but uh, Notre Dame gets the win there, two and one. Uh, and then they play home against Wisconsin or against Michigan. I'm sorry, at Wisconsin, uh, week five. Uh, we believe the Badgers will beat the Wolverines there. Um, week six, they play at Illinois, which we believe will be a win. Then they play what I consider to be a trap game. Uh, who's who gave Michigan fits? Who gave? Oklahoma fits, and that's the Army Black Knights. Um, the the service academies are always competitive in these games, just because it's so hard to prepare for. Um, with their cut blocking, the, the option triple option, one week, yeah, it's tough. But Wisconsin get the win here. Um, probably be close. It always is. Probably like we'll say twenty-seven to twenty or seventeen, something like that. A close game. Uh, then week eight, they play the Boilermakers, which on the road. I mean, Ross is kind of a tough place to play. Kind of a a dump, um, weird place, but we think they'll get the win there. Then they play Iowa, who's been kind of a thorn in their side here and there. Um, tough team, always a tough team, like I said earlier, but they're get the win there. Um, then they play Rutgers on the, ro- on the road, yep, and I uh, think Wisconsin will get the win there. Then they play home against Northwestern, have that as a win. Uh, home against Nebraska, have that as a win. Then they play uh, last week of the year, Minnesota for Paul Bunyan's action. I think that will be a win Again, uh, eleven and one for the Badgers, nine and zero in the Big Ten West, two and one out of conference. That's good for first place and a trip to the Big Ten title game again. Who, again, who we will? Uh, we'll, I bet you could guess 
who we have them playing against Again. in the Big Ten Championship for probably the fourth or fifth time since the the creation of the Big Ten Championship in 2011. Uh, but we'll get to that at a later date. But, yeah, I think, I mean, that's four out of the 14. We have ten more to go. Excited to dive more into and we got the rest of these Wisconsin teams. going to a New York Yeah, and we got to go to a New York Six Bowl as well. So, uh, Badger Nation, if we got any Badgers listening, um, you, you're going to have a good year. Uh, and for Indiana, hopefully you guys can do good. Rutgers, uh, hoping you guys can get back to at least contending for bowls like you were back in earlier Greg Schiano days. And then Illinois, I'm sorry, you're going to be abysmal. Um, but I digress. Uh, that That's that's fourth down. Um, we'll move to the sprints now. Yeah, I think you'll start to see a theme with some of the records here coming up to um, as we go week by week. Again, we'll have to decide if we're going to do three and three next week or two and two and then three and three in week three. But I'm excited to bring the Big Ten previews to you. Um, I always loved doing this back in the day for the final score of the website. Um, was even fortunate enough to befriend a couple of writers that would pick up my previews and run them. Um, West Lafayette Journal Courier, I think, is one of them. Don't know if the writer there, Ken something, I can't remember his last name. I don't know if he's still there or not, but he was always a, a good fan of the work that I put into these. So, um, you know, Ryan does his research, and I got a chance to do a little bit of my own research today. So, we had fun doing this. Hopefully you'll uh, weigh in as we post these picks week by week to Twitter. And again, join us for um, our Pick'em contest once we get going as well. All right. As Ryan said, let's end as we always do with a sprint. First spot, regardless of expansion, should the Big Ten move or make a move more immediately to rebalance the power in the divisions. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's coming sooner rather than later. Maybe not with the names Legends and Leaders, but yeah. Um, now we're going to throw a little curveballs at you, a little true sprint. Top golf or mini golf? Uh, top golf. You sure? With mini golf, you like always wanted to play top mini golf, golf since you could walk. Too fun. All right. Spaghetti or lasagna? Uh, spaghetti. And favorite George Costanza focus Seinfeld episode of all time. Uh, so many good ones, but it's got to be the opposite. That one's great. <laughs> opposite George. All right, regardless of expansion, yes, yes, and yes, we covered why. You'll see it as these previews play out. The Big Ten is so far overloaded one way. It needs to be rebalanced. Throw some new teams in there while you're at it. Um yeah, obviously, there's no divisions in basketball, so it's and it can't be perfect, right? Because teams get hot and whatnot. But you got to do it. Top golf or mini golf? I got to go. Top golf. We need one in Grand Rapids. If we have any top golf franchisee potentials, we'll go into partnership with you and start one. I got a few locations in mind. It would be off the charts here in Grand Rapids. Spaghetti or lasagna? I make a mean spaghetti, but I do like the Maggiano spaghetti, so we're going spaghetti. Favorite George Costanza-focused Seinfeld episode? Like Ryan said, there are a lot of them. But for me, shrinkage. I mean, it's got to be. All right, Ryan, throw us some final social media reminders. Yep, uh, follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. Um, we'll get this this picking thing going on, and then we'll, we'll start doing them during the year. Um, and you can come on if you have the best the best uh, week. So maybe uh, New Holland, maybe Founders, maybe Big Lake, maybe some yeah. you know local brewing company wants to jump on and sponsor and yeah, just throw we'll, uh, we'll throw hundred dollars our way for some mentions that we can make a nice little prize. You know, let the winner pick out of a 
you know, on fanatics.com, which was what I used to give away as a prize back in the day. So we'll, we'll figure something out. If you got any sponsorship ideas for us, hit up Ryan. We're always looking for ways to, to kind of pay the bills here. Um, otherwise, that's it for this week. As Ryan said, share those ideas, what you like, what you don't like. Chime in for sure on our picks and what you agree and don't agree with, etc. via our Twitter. Uh, no, we will not do a full-on breakdown of the Lions like we did Michigan State, but we will do a Lions preview here in a couple weeks when their roster settles out. Always, if you have a top, hot topic for us to debate, as you know, I'm not afraid to step in and give you my opinion. A lot of times I think it matches most of you. Um, just let us know. If you aren't already, again, get off your ass and follow us on Twitter so we can have a competitive season-long pick'em contest. Thank you again to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Learn more about how Team Anders can help you with your realty needs at teamanders.com. Meantime, as George once said, you're giving me the it's not you, it's me routine. I invented it's not you, it's me. Nobody tells me it's them, not me. If it's anybody, it's me.